This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. All this time, partner, everything you've done, everything you've said, I've heard all about. So you've made some remarks in the past about when is Papa Fritz going to be here. Papa Fritz is here. to world cast episode 20 where we're looking at wccw episode 30 on the network the wwe network that is and is that july 17th 1982 and of course man i'm with johnny sorrow and i'm with kelly johnny how you doing brother i'm doing good thanks oh you're welcome my friend <laughs> kelly how you doing <laughs> i am even better than johnny i'm i'm magnificent that's not hey, hard to do, a, man. Hey, not hey, hard don't to be do, a one-upper. <laughs> oh, jeez. Man, this is a... Oh, a shit sandwich of a show. Oh, um, <laughs> lot to hate. So, folks, get ready for, really, honestly, this might have been, like, such a business-exposing, bad booking... Oh my God! This is a bad wrestling. Um, I don't even know if a Von Eric even shows up in this damn show. Um, oh no, there's is, one. Is there? You know, he thinks he's one. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, he's the third lead babyface in the company. Yeah. <laughs> um, gosh, all right. Let's start off on this thing. We open up with uh, a Magic Dragon facing. Who the hell did he wrestle? <laughs> Roberto Ernesto. Yeah. There we go. What'd you make of this one there, Kelly? Uh, well, we have a new face here, Roberto Ernesto. <laughs> yes, we de- do. Debuting. Um, so I, I had to look into his career. Um, awesome. Apparently, he's the son of one of the assassins, Tom Ernesto. Oh yeah, I was betting on it because I they even look a lot, a lot of life. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, they do. Um, so uh, Jody Hamilton's the more famous of the assassins, but uh, yeah, the famous team in the '60s was uh, Hamilton and Renesto. Oh, okay. And so Tom, um, Tom Jr. He that's how he broke into the business in Memphis in the late '70s. Didn't really do too much. Um, he actually wrestled as the assassin in Detroit and L.A. in uh, the early 80s. Both of those territories were on their last legs at that time. So having a phony assassin is, is no surprise there. Um, he, later, he wrestled as Tom Branch in Memphis. Pete, are you familiar with Tom Branch? Yes, I am remembering Tom Branch, and uh, he had a decent ma- 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 match or two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Not a great worker. Yeah. Um, 
but his father had ties to the Memphis territory. Where I, at one point, I'm not sure if he booked a little, but he they had him as a uh, as an authoritative figure in the mid '80s. Yeah, well, Tom Renesta was a booker, uh, definitely in the '70s. I know that in Georgia, I want to say. Um, he was yeah. actually a TV character though on Memphis TV in the mid '80s too. Okay, yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Um, but Branch, he lost a hair versus hair match to Jerry Lawler in late 85 so i guess he was in the main events at least briefly uh there but that's about it for him 85 86 i don't think he did much after that um so yeah interesting that this uh name from his sounds like it's nepotism why he's in the business (laughs) well i'm out of nepotism well maybe he's maybe he's carrying on a grand family tradition a little little of nepotism in wrestling yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what I yeah, want to know is why, why... I mean, it had definitely it definitely happened in wrestling in this guy's uh-huh. career. Sounds like a uh, you know a, a, a guy you know a George uh, Goulas type character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. What what I want to know is why when I just did the rolling R flourish, I wasn't just being dramatic. That's how Bill's pronouncing his name. He's giving it a Spanish flavor. Was he pretending to be Mexican for some reason here with Roberto Renesto? Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, he was unknown well, in the territory. Surprise in Texas trying to get uh, get over with the Hispanic. He's Italian. It's, hey, you know, those Italians can play anybody in wrestling. We've seen it, We've seen it up and down the card. <laughs> um, well, he's he's pushed as and kind- Bill being a uh, and Bill being an announcer in Texas is probably more uh, cognitive to actually pronunciate strongly the Hispanic names. Uh, right. Okay, um, but but when I it's so funny that, that, that that's who he is and uh, and you're saying he does look like his father. Now I don't know what he. But I do know who that is, and I was when I was looking at him, he looks just like the actor uh, Rick uh, Richard Maser. You know, the, the in the TV version of it, he's the one who, as the grown up, kills himself in the in the tub. That actor, he was on One Day at a Time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He looks just like this guy, <laughs> and I thought he was a nobody. I had no idea he had ties. When you say ties to the Memphis, when you say ties to the Memphis. It literally sounds like mafia shit. <laughs> well, it's wrestling, brother. Yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, yep. He was the son of a made man. Um, yeah. Well, this was this was a competitive <laughs> match. I mean, it wasn't a, a total squash. Um, Renesto got in a lot of offense, and of course, the dragon wins with the leg sleeper. Early in the match, we had the crazy old lady who um, we've talked about numerous times. Talking. Oh, I missed her. Oh yeah, no, she she got right up in Hussein's uh, face, and they had a good back and forth uh, outside the ring, <laughs> and then she just walked away. Um, no need for security to intervene or anything. It was uh, a totally different time in the early '80s here. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I'm. Uh... Uh, what about you, John? Uh, just that they're hyping uh, the, the next supercard. <laughs> and Saldi goes, 
And all the big stars will be there. Rodney Piper. Yeah. <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter. Harley Race. And uh, when, when Flair's going to uh, defend against Kerry. Boy, they're, they're loading up a card uh, with some out-of-town talent uh, right there. And what's funny is they were then going to hype, I guess, the, uh, the Bill the Irwin-Al Bill match. And all I remember hearing was uh, him saying, oh, with lots of going on between those two, um, there's a lot of racial slurs have been involved. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? And that, that also could describe the missed thing I saw between the old lady and Hussein, for all I know. Probably. But uh, I was like, oh, I, I want to, can we see that? <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, nothing here. Yeah, I... Uh... Um, I'm with you. I, this did nothing for me. I think Magic Dragon is, uh, is a terrible wrestler. He's awful. And, <laughs> and yeah, so this did nothing for me. Um, I, I, I think it's cool they bring up the $10,000 bounty. Uh, so at least they're doing something progressing of the story of going after Carrie. It was neat to hear uh, Saldi name drop. And, of course, I guess originally in August it was going to be uh, – Harley and Carrie, uh, because Harley's the the champ at the time, right at this point in time. Uh, so no, no, uh, but Flair, that changes. Flair was the champ through all of '82. '83 is when Harley gets the belt back. Then why are they teasing a Harley race defense? Uh, were they? No, no. Sound like it. I think maybe later on in the commentary they mentioned. Carry going up against Harley in, in, was in it August. Mis- maybe the Missouri title. Was it Missouri title? Yeah. Oh, maybe it was the Missouri belt. Yeah, thing. Okay. It, it wasn't the okay. NWA strap. No, Flair has okay. been the whole the whole year. Okay. And that leaves us. I'll let Johnny cover this one first. Oh, Jesus. Brian <laughs> Adidas, Frank Dukesick, David Manning. David Manning angle. Let me just get ready. Okay, so it's Frank Dusick versus Brian Adidas. And as a start is starting, I'm thinking, well, you know, fuck Brian Adidas, you know. That's just getting that I hate in this match. Uh, because now that I know that he's actually purposely named after a shoe, he's gone from someone who I just never thought about to someone I hate. <laughs> That's awful. They describe him as handsome, gentle, and friendly. Like, yeah, that's the way you get over a killer uh, wrestler, handsome, gentle, and friendly. And uh, and Saldi gets off the line. He's the very veteran Frank Dusick. And he goes, let me rephrase that. Captain Frank Dusick. <laughs> and they mention the shoe thing. And they say that, well, Brian Adidas might only be in uh, wrestling for a year, but because he's trained by the Von Erics, that makes him like an, a four-year vet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. Uh, go fuck yourself. And, and they start putting over Manning. They start putting over Manning. And as this starts escalating, I'm getting more and more upset with David Manning going back and forth to Frank Dusick. Saldi gets off the line. Uh, I think a, a, a backbreaker. He goes, Hulk Hogan put yeah. that move on Rocky Balboa in that movie. <laughs> and I laughed. 
and he's because he's used that line before. And, and he, 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 you kind of heard it in the muffled footage earlier. And <laughs> someone told him it was muffled. He's like, I'm using that line. And and then he, he starts pointing out David Manning being an awful referee here. He's, you know, no matter what we say about him, he is a wrestling fan. And he starts pointing out, then they, it gets to the finish, and it's definitely a, a, a time limit draw, and David Manning awards the match to Brian Adidas because, in the reason given, he carried the match. And this leads, and I'm like, fuck you, fuck you. And David Manning's mad because, you know, he's been pushed, pushed around by Dusik a little bit. And Dusik is rightfully angry and gets into it with him and rips his fucking shirt off, revealing his little, his gross little skinny, hairy chest. And David Manning's going fucking ape shit, and they're putting over on commentary. Oh, David Manning can really handle himself, and I am fucking furious, fucking furious. And then I hear from that crowd, from that goddamn crowd, I hear this chant, this chant of "Go, David, go, go, David." <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! You fucking hayseeds! This. <laughs> Fuck you. This is the worst shit I've ever seen in wrestling. It's it's awful. It's insulting. It's awful. How anyone could cheer for this. And get it if you're a little kid, Pete. Because I, I cheered for Dick Worley when I was a little kid. I get it. But this is so awful and over the top. And how you don't hate David Manning. I find now I really get it. I never understood it, but seeing this, oh, this is awful. I mean, I mean, as a kid, we also got to see vignettes of him going to like the the, the, to the state fair with Iceman King Parsons oh. and Terry Von Eric. Oh, so, they got him over, and he was always trying to keep the Freebirds in line. So was, oh, as a kid. They, they go, they do more shit. I mean, Oh, they do. They they showed footage. They did a thing with him somewhere in this where they show footage of him training little kids and wrestling, yep. in, in collegiate wrestling, and it just looks like yeah, I can throw you motherfuckers around. I'm a big, I'm tough because you know like, that's the and what a kid like, does well, something and, wrong. And, 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 oh. that's a shoot. He was a. He did teach uh, wrestling at probably because he probably high school he and probably and got off on tossing little kids around. You know, Jeff Jarrett made that funny in that TNA shit with him. It's just fucking creepy. And, and in Texas, uh, amateur wrestling still in a weird way a real with professional wrestling. It's a big deal. Like when I was at that Hall of Fame thing, uh, Cowboy Johnny Mantel mentioned how the Hall of Fame is funding uh, the local school's uh, wrestling program. That's funny because in this footage they mention about, like, you know, Texas isn't really known that much for their being outstanding in collegiate wrestling, but we really work hard at it. Uh, it was something said yeah. on this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Odd. Um, now, we've seen this angle, and it's terrible. 
But what makes it even worse is this just buries Dusick. It just buries Brian Adidas, who just went to a draw with the guy who now is going uh-huh. to the with the with the ref. It buries everyone who Frank Dusick is beaten because he the ref is pushing him around and stuff. Well, Frank Dusick's no, obviously no, that le- is it on a booking choice. I mean, well, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe you're maybe apparently when you want to leave the territory. The territory, you get run out of town by David Manning. That's how they get you out of town. That's how Tim Brooks left, and Deuce ain't sticking around for much longer. But you, it's worse for Brian Adidas because you're the hot young baby face, and to anyone with a brain, you, you, no one. You know, I I've never known anyone, known anyone who used hot. Young baby face to Brian Adidas. That's what they're pushing him as, though. That's what they're pushing him as. And he gets awarded the match on points. Wait, you know, I mean, they announced that shit. That doesn't that doesn't do anybody any good. I can't wait till 1987 when we actually see David Manning work a match in his onesies. Oh, Um, no. Are you serious? (laughs) Yep. Is he a heel? That's, that, that's, that's 1987. Is um, he a heel, he actually had, That's when he... And, and, and think about it. He doesn't even have the book now. In 1987, he had the book for a little bit. So, uh, what? Really? He, what? David what? Yep. Well, I guess if Ken Mantell can have the book, then why not David Manning? Look out, look out, the king Yeah, he, had, oh, no, he was no. the uh, he was Bruiser Brody's assistant booker, and then took over for Brody, and then he lost the job. Right, and that was really... the, when they were spiraling down the toilet. Oh yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, yeah he's going down with the ship. <laughs> yeah, then he just disappeared on the on the plan, and that's when he ended up owing like gambling debts out the wazoo, supposedly. <laughs> oh, that's oh oh, that makes me feel so much better, Pete. Thank you. Uh, well, now, so he... Kelly, what do you make of, this, of all this? Uh, yeah, it was, it was disgusting. It was awful. Um, let's see. I'll, I'll unpack this a bit. We'll go back to the beginning. So we have Brian, don't call me Dave Meltzer, Adidas, in this match. <laughs> don't you think he looks just like Dave Meltzer? He does look like Dave. <laughs> he does. He has that, uh, the, the afro, the jufro, Caveman Meltzer yeah. looks. Yeah. He can't. He can't spell. <laughs> he can't spell his last name. <laughs> um, and and Adidas at the at the start of the match makes like gestures to the fans, suggesting that Dusik is gay, where he does like the prancing around and the wrist thing. <laughs> I missed that. Thank God. <laughs> Did you? That was the most charisma uh, I that. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. But I mean, how the Fantastics did it to the Midnight. Right. No, no. It was, it was totally in line. Uh, okay, but here's the thing. The Midnight's always. Okay, here's the thing, though. The Midnight's always had a gay thing going on with Jim Cornette. That was part of their act, too. Frank Dusick yeah, just has Frank a nice Dusick, role. I don't really. Yeah, yeah. you're right. No. Yeah, exactly. It's not something you would think of, like, the first thing you saw him or anything. But that was the most charisma Adidas uh, has shown so far was doing that. Um, Mercer <laughs> describes Adidas as strong, quick, and agile, just like the shoe. So he, <laughs> he's he's just like a shoe. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're trying <laughs> to pitch fitting. a deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that, that was something behind the whole thing. But, um, yeah, okay, so let's get into the Manning stuff. The commentators put Manning over super strong with his uh, amateur credentials, so you knew something was, was coming. Um, like Johnny said, Saldi uh, brought up Hogan as Thunderlips and Rocky Three. I mean, Saldi's been name-dropping dudes left and right in the last two episodes. Um, <laughs> Snooka Piper Slaughter, Hogan. Um, he definitely was a big fan. He was definitely reading the mags um, at the time. He even uses the term rule breaker. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I could picture like um, his football card, you know, like those old tops cards where they had a fact on the back where for Saldi it'd be, in, in Jay's free time, he likes to unwind by reading uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. <laughs> Favorite author, Stu Sachs. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Brock. Um, yeah, this was pretty dull until the final minute where we had near falls, uh, a bunch of near falls by Adidas. Time limit draw, the, the the ruling by Manning, of course, just to further the whole feud. So you're saying that Manning doesn't wrestle until 1987? So this this isn't even leading to a match between the two of them? That, that, that I'm aware of. I'm, I, I just remember the one from 87. Right, I, mean, for, I, I don't think it, it, this is leading to anything. But. Really? Then what the fuck is this for? I don't know, man, because, I mean, they said he, he ran Tim Brooks out of town, so I'm assuming that means he wrestled him. I, you know? I don't know, but, yeah, he's so scrawny. I mean, the shirt gets ripped off. It's like... The they can handle him. I can handle probably myself. No, maybe, probably no, maybe it does, but I, I, I hope not. I hope I it leads to nothing. I, I hope this is one of those it. angles that just gets dropped. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea how this goes. I'm assuming it's leading to a match. I like to see him get dropped from the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> but he's he's like, what, the fourth biggest baby face in the territory now. Um, yep. Behind Carrie, Kevin, and... And Al, I think. David hasn't really been around much, so yeah. Gary Hart cannot approve of this. I cannot believe that. I know. Gary did did he book this, this angle? Ugh. This is so like ugh, reeks of like just doing this, you know, buddy a favor. Okay, yeah. Oh, something going yeah, on there. Yeah, bullshit. Um, He's yeah. the new Candyman. <laughs> Uh, disgusting is my final note for this match. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, pro wrestling announcer Kevin Kelly here. I want to make sure you are all subscribed to all the great feeds here at Place to Be Nation. It's really easy to do. Just head to iTunes or your preferred podcatcher app today and search and subscribe to the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed, which, of course, includes the full archives of The Kevin Kelly Show, the Place to Be Nation pod feed, and the Pro Wrestling Only feed. Subscribe, listen, and then rate us and leave feedback today. And be sure to give Justin your true thoughts. I mean, don't hold back. After all, he is kind of a jerk. Just listen to Scott. Place to Nations, JT Rosero and Chad Campbell here. We want to let you know that we have a ton of great podcasts available to you on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and PlaceMation.com, and we offer those to you on three great feeds. 
On the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed, we bring you the Mothership, the original Place to Be podcast, as well as main event to Lucha Afterground and our monthly pay-per-view reaction shows, as well as the Our Vantage Point podcast and Jeff Learns Wrestling. In addition to these full-length shows, we also deliver quick-hit pod blasts on topics old and new. Over on the Pro Wrestling Only feed, we dive deep inside the wrestling business with a stacked army of experts leading the way. The feed features potpourri shows such as This Weekend Wrestling, Greetings from Allentown, Psychology is Dead, Puro Puri, Stacy and Elliot's Bogus Journey, and the Military Industrial Suplex. We also have shows that focus intently on certain topics like Letters from Center Stage, Space City, and NWA Classics on Demand Adventure, Through the Years, Strong style history, strong style story, and Mount Olympus. Plus, the feed has the full archives of legendary shows like Titans of Wrestling, Where the Big Boys Play, Letters from Kayfabe, and much more. And on our popular Place to Be Nation Pop podcast feed, we offer such great shows as the Glenn Butler Podcast Hour Spectacular, Rank and File, PTBN Dadcast, Go Home in a Box, NBA Team, and Lucha Undead, as well as a vertible podcast heaven for comics fans with the hard-traveling fanboys, Sellers Points, Todd Weber's Conversation, Geek and Sassy, and Imaginary Stories Podcasts. You can find all of these current shows plus archives of our past podcasts, including the Kevin Kelly Show, as well by subscribing to all of our feeds on iTunes. And while there, be sure to rate and leave feedback as well. All of these shows plus others available on PlacementNation.com, where we cover pro wrestling, sports, movies, comics, plus in-depth stretch projects and more. Be sure to support our site by using PlacementNation.com backslash Amazon when shopping online and download our free PTB Vintage Vault Refresh eBooks via the links on our site. We also want to thank our friends at Boneheads Wing Bar in West Rockwood Island and Fall River, Massachusetts, TheHistoryOfWrestling.com, and Scott Keats' Blog of Doom. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr as well. PlacementNation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. All right. Well, let's move on to this next one. The Superfly versus Dwyer. Uh, <laughs> he has a first name. has a first name, please. <laughs> it's not Fred. What, it's Larry. It? <laughs> Larry Dwyer, the most fear-inducing name yeah. in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah. Well, Kelly, take it away. Yeah, I got some info on, on Larry Dwyer. Oh, um, thank God. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I use wrestling data, of course, always to uh, check up on, on these guys. And there's an option, like you can, um, if you have an account, to to edit everybody's profile and add a bio and hardly anybody that I've ever come across has an actual bio on wrestling data, but Larry Dwyer has a bio. Someone took their time, <laughs> um, took the time to, to put together a bio of him, so I didn't even have to do wow. any research. I know. And it wasn't me. Um, so there's somebody out there even. I was going to say, did, was it you? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's written very much like how I, how I do bios, but no, I didn't do it. Um, so I don't know. There's no name attached to it, so I can't credit anybody, but I'm going to, to read it right now. So he grew up in New York City in the 70s, and I guess he got into like uh, WWF because he worked the ring crew for Pinky Larson and Gorilla Monsoon in 1974 and 1975. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pinky Larson. I know that name. Well, yeah, he was a job guy in, in, in New York. Um <laughs> He was an assistant to photographer George Napolitano and promoter Tommy D. Like these are some 
big names from the 70s in, in New York. Um, he was uh, good friends with S.D. Jones, Johnny Rods, Davey O'Hannon, Ernie Roth, that's the Grand Wizard, uh, Skandar Akbar, Ivan Koloff, your man Johnny Valiant, Johnny, um, or no, that's uh, the Johnny Valiant, not Jimmy Valiant, but still. Mm, still close uh, enough. Bruiser Brody. Nice. Um, Akbar actually trained him, got into wrestling in 1980, first as a referee uh, down south in Oklahoma, and yeah, moved on to Kansas City, and just did jobs all over the place, St. Louis, and then ended up here. Um, he also worked as a referee in Dallas, apparently, and then moved on to the WWF eventually. And he had a stint in the Independence where he had a much better name than Larry Dwyer. He was Lucifer Kane. <laughs> and wore a mask, which with with a pitchfork on the on the top of it. <laughs> yeah. So that was the peak of his his career. Um, apparently wow. he's big with the cauliflower cauliflower. Alley Club in uh, Los Angeles, right? And um, yeah, that's that's Larry Dwyer. He's he's living in Fort Worth, Texas, according that's to awesome. to uh, wrestling data. So he made roots in the Dallas territory, basically. I would uh, love, I would, I would love no shit to hear that guy's story. Yeah, he was all yeah, over the place. Went everywhere. He's the he sounds like the um, the Zelig of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. like, I never heard Larry Dwyer or the great whatever, you know, his satanic alter ego. But he knew <laughs> and was, was well regarded. People and I want to know who wrote that article. Yeah, <laughs> Larry I Dwyer. know. Me too. <laughs> it's crazy of all the guys. Uh, Larry Dwyer gets the bio treatment on uh, Wrestling Data. That's a movie. <laughs> um to the match so this is against the superfly uh yeah just another squash and dwyer though he he'd spent too much time in the sun because he had a farmer's tan totally <laughs> <laughs> this match horrible look pasty chest with tanned arms um and and we're building to this huge match between superfly and bugsy that actually, I, I want to see it because it could be all time bad. Uh, it could be fun. Who knows what it's going to be? It's going hey. to be something. Yeah, it's something. Now, Johnny, when we move over and we have the Al Madrill interview. Oh, 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 hold on one second about the the, uh, 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 the, the previous thing. Bugsy, uh, here's where he's got the traffic coming on his head, but I think it's going to be fun because. He's got a trash can full of shit. It's all ECW, ECW. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Bugsy playing mind games, you know, is it, is kind of fun to watch. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. And yes, now Al Drill. <laughs> <coughs> you want to talk about the Al? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought okay. Sorry. So Al is a okay. Sorry. So. They cut to Bill Mercer, and he's in a very nice hotel room, apartment. He's like, here we are at Al Madrill's luxury apartment. 
And the cutaway is to definitely not a luxury apartment and not the same apartment whatsoever. And there's something hanging behind Al. And you can tell, you know, he's probably got a modest little place. And they they did that shot because it doesn't even go back and forth. It just stays on him and you hear Mercer's voice the rest of the time. You know, it's kind of inventive, but you can kind of tell. But there's something. I'm like, does he have an oriental rug on the wall behind him? Because <laughs> we find out that Al Madrill loves Elvis Presley. This is outstanding. He he even he even calls the place the complex where I live. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived in a few complexes in my day. <laughs> and they start playing this shitty Elvis knockoff music yeah. in the background because <laughs> they can't play Elvis. And they can't afford that shit. They're not even going to risk it. Because you know, everyone used everything back then. They weren't fucking risking Elvis out of that estate. But Al loves fucking Elvis. And he's talking about it. He's like, I, in my, he's back home in California. So, you know, he's, this is where he's staying. So he brings some Elvis stuff with him. Texas. Because this is the territory he's working out of now. But his home's in California. Because he has gold and silver statues of the king there. And they're his most valuable of his possessions. And he's you cocky. He's almost geeky about it to where you know he's not kidding. He's really into Elvis. And yeah, I like love in it. The, in, the HBK, in the HBK book, um, Shawn Michaels mentioned that Al Madrill was the guy who got him started on Elvis. Like he always would play, they rode together. And uh, Al would always play uh, Elvis music for him, always, constantly. And that's where he got hooked on Elvis. But he never really expanded like, like that. Uh, Al Madrill was like the the uh, the man when it came to Elvis collecting. He could have been the honky tonk man. <laughs> he could have been the fucking honky tonk man. He probably saw Wayne Ferris get that fucking gig and be like, "Fuck that guy." He could have been the fucking honky tonk man. <laughs> David Cole, right here. Well, they we- end this. They end this with him. They, they go Al Madrill, a feeling man. I was like, yeah, this is tremendous. <laughs> this is tremendous. I'm like, I love it. He's got a personality, and he loves Elvis. I'm, 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 a, I'm on board for this. What about you, Cal? What'd you make of this? I, I, it was great. I mean, I, I love Al, so this just made me love him even more. Uh, yeah, that he's he's got a personality. He's got interests. He's got hobbies. He's a huge. Elvis fan uh, to the point of obsessively collecting memorabilia. That's that's perfect. Um, I mean, on a wrestling show, is this like the coolest, like the most like shocking reveal you ever heard about a wrestling show? You know what? This is even more shocking than Dustin Rhodes showing up in as Goldust to me. Um, it's, well, it's not too terribly shocking. It's just, um, it's neat. It's, uh, it's cool that, um, they, they go into this and <laughs> pull back the curtain and, and give us a glimpse into Al's apartment and his life <laughs> beyond wrestling. Um, 
the, I, I, I'm, I, I loved it. It's great. And then we, um, I'm with you guys. I, I popped. I was like, this is nuts. I mean, this is like another great character beat that, uh, 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 this is almost like, almost like closer to the Mick Foley or the gold dust interview with JR in a way where they expose oh, certain things about somebody oh. and Al's like the biggest Elvis collector Al. on the planet. Um, oh, that's you know, not to be ashamed of that. Like, dude, there's, there's a lot of people out there that immediately go, yep, me too, because of how popular Elvis is, you know, and was even then even more so probably. Oh, totally. And that leads us to a David Manning interview. Oh, fucking hell, this is what I was talking about. Johnny, what, what, okay. what yeah. Yeah, I could say I fast, for, okay, flash. I, I had a, like a backwards war flashback, so I kind of talked about this a little. They're interviewing David fucking Manning. And he says in his whiny, nasally, high-pitched southern accent voice, He's like, Frank Dusick is a bad sport. Like, oh, fuck you, you piece of shit. He's like, you know, but he, he reported me for what I did, and I had to go and explain myself to the board, head of the board at the NWA. Well, yeah, because you're a fucking shitty fucking referee. You're <laughs> awful. You're awful, and you're obviously biased or paid for by Fritz von Erich. You stink, you know, and ugh. And then he's like, I wrestled and I coached at the YMCA. I, mean, I molested kids, 30 of them a day. You know, so I never had wrestled. They're showing him fucking flipping kids around. You know, I'm like, he's beating up kids. He's a monster. He's a monster. He's beating up children and talking about how tough he is. Go, fuck you, you piece of shit. <laughs> Jesus. Kelly, what about you? I, I can't follow that. That's, I mean... Manning is is basically the worst human being since Adolf Hitler. Um, uh, now Hitler was a snappy dresser and a vegetarian, <laughs> and he loved his dog. Maybe in this current climate of you know celebrities being exposed as uh, um, uh, having um, you know these uh, dalliances that, that well, you, you, you've already told Pete, you've already made my night better by mentioning gambling. That's because that, that that just means that's the tip of the iceberg. So yeah, exactly. Oh, so maybe we can only hope that something will come out about David Manning. And Pete's asleep, so let's move no, on. I'm not asleep. I'm just, <laughs> uh, I just I'm just shocked about this whole entire thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's shocking. Uh, they wasted their television <laughs> to get over a fucking referee. I mean. Not even the troubleshooting referee, a referee. Uh, God help us all. Um, and this ends with Bill Irwin, Al Madrill, and our main event, Kelly. What, what's going on here? Well, this is for the Texas title, so a rare title match on TV. Um, Irwin's had the belt for a long time. Pretty much the, the whole run of our show, I think, he's been Texas champion. Um, and I believe he beat Al for it. Um, so these guys have had an off and on feud for all of 1982. Um, good back and forth action. And then we get hardcore, baby. Uh, Al takes a tumble to the outside, head rammed into the ring post. We get color. 
Uh, Al's just a bloody mess. Um, this reminded me, do you remember that match between Backlund and Slaughter from Philly where, where Backlund was covered in blood head I to toe? This, well, I mean, that's what it reminded me <laughs> as far as the degree of the, the blood. Because yeah. um, he was, it got down onto his legs and all that. Especially because they mentioned at the beginning that one of these guys had to relinquish a title from because they had hepatitis. <laughs> I think it was Irwin, so so we're safe here. Um, so blood everywhere. Um, Al's pissed. He slaps on the figure four outside the ring, and like that's how pissed off he is. He's lost his senses completely. Irwin, that's, what the king, that's what the king would do. Exactly. Irwin's screaming that he quits, like audibly, you can hear that. So so Al got the better of him. But, of course, you know, the, the, you can't win a title that way. Bronco, you, had tell, you had to tell Al, though. He says, what? He, he says, his uh, blood, he quit. <laughs> I know. It's like a typical baby face that's, like, celebrating a count-out win for the title and thinks that he's won the belt. It's like, What? Well, like, he didn't know those rules. You know, it makes him look dumb. Uh, Bronco has no choice but to throw the match out. It's just totally out of control. Um, more brawling afterwards. I I mean, uh, I've been saying, of course, Al's the king of the two-star match. I, I wanted to give this more than two stars. I debated it long and hard. The blood was... Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Well, it was too short. It was almost, it it wasn't a match. It was just an (laughs) angle. Uh, It's setting up, obviously, some sort of stip, maybe a Texas death match, whatever. That would be appropriate, considering it's for the Texas title. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, yeah, this was basically an angle, not a match. So I I can't go beyond two stars. The blood was great. That was a great, uh, great crimson mask, crimson body by uh, Al. Um, so we'll see where this goes. We're not going to see it, I guess, the blow off. Like we don't get to see the, the biggest of the big matches, but maybe it's on the Star Wars card. I don't know. Um, so we'll see. But uh, this was a, a fun way to end the show, anyway. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was hectic. Uh, what'd you make it with John? Well, you know what, uh, Kelly, it's like the old saying goes. Yeah, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still pig. You could. <laughs> You could put a gallon of blood on an Alma Drill match, but it's still an Alma <laughs> Drill match. <laughs> it is two stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because this wasn't very good at all. I, I didn't think so until I just wrote blood, and then I, I wrote, blood makes everything better. That's yeah. <laughs> my exact quote in my notes. Because before this, just, they're just talking about, oh, he has chartreuse boots and chartreuse trunks and chartreuse <laughs> hair. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? His, his boots are black and chartreuse. Are you blind, sir? You know, this match just wasn't any good. And then suddenly it's a fucking bloodbath. And I'm <laughs> then I'm like, hey, blood. You know, so I'm happy because I, hey, I'm, I'm an old school vampire, whatever you want to call it. I love a big bloody match. It makes everything better and more interesting. I pop for it. But that being said, the match was still good. Yeah, it was too yeah. short. It was nothing to it other than the blood at the end. Yeah. Now, let's start with you, Kelly. On, on this episode, I mean, we've had some uh, bad episodes of where it's just bad wrestling, 
you know, matches that didn't spark any interest in, in this. But this is really one of the most offensive uh, shows we've done, <laughs> where we had bad wrestling combined with really bad booking decisions and and, and, and angles that I, I don't see a payoff coming. Uh, what uh, what about you, Kelly? What, what were your thoughts? What, worst television show we've seen on this run, huh? No, well, no. Uh, I, I'm, I couldn't tell you the exact episode, but there was some shit with Gene Goodson and fucking like Armand Hussein on commentary and a bunch of yeah, crappy I, I, that stuff is just actively bad. Yeah. And it, but pushing David Manning that hard is a, a book is a booking decision that's just mind blowing to me. Yeah, no, I mean, totally, putting him over talent is nuts. Totally perplexing. And I checked wrestling data for for David Manning's wrestling record and. I don't know how complete it is, but they do have a match, Manning and Dusick and Fort Worth, on July 26th. Um, so, but nothing else. Of this year? Of 1982. So it was a, in another 10 days from now. Oh, that's the one. I've actually gone after that. Yeah, but it's Fort Worth, remember, is the, the where they show or where they shoot the the regional TV. Yeah, maybe that's Frank Dusick saying, look, I'll do it, but... Not We're on, doing it on the Fort Worth TV. Not on that satellite you got there, Fritzy. Yeah, so it looks like, yeah, but who knows? Uh, like I said, the, the records are often not complete, so we may still see something. Um, but it did build to a match. At least it did that. Like, I would have been actually more pissed off if it didn't build to a match, because then what the fuck was it all for? There was no point to it. So at least it was building to a match, you know, even though it's a match nobody wants to see. The only way it would even be remotely acceptable is if in the match, of course, David Manning's been knocked unconscious and a wild Bill Irwin comes in and fucks up Frank Disick and throws an unconscious David Manning on top of him. Yeah. Uh, because that could be the end of their thing. Yeah. It's the only acceptable way. And even then, fuck you. <laughs> So who knows how it turned out? No, this uh, yeah, I mean that whole thing. The whole thing with Manning has been pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Um, but the 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 end with uh, Al and the blood redeemed it for me anyway. So not the worst show we've seen. I you know what it would have really redeemed it if that much blood had been pouring out of David Manning. That would <laughs> that would have redeemed it. Yeah. Well, you never know. I could see that happening. You know, if they want to get sympathy. On David, they may may have him blade. <laughs> oh, I hope I can. Oh God, I hope so. Well, let's just wrap this sucker up then. Um, uh, any anything you want to? Any final thoughts, Johnny? Nah, just uh, this made me angry. This is literally I'd never get angry watching wrestling. This made me angry. So, mm. Kelly, any any final thoughts? Uh, no, we're coming up on the next Star Wars card in August, so yeah, we got some good stuff ahead for sure, and we're getting closer and closer to the end of the year, and we know wait, what no, happens then. Wait, now, now are, are those guest stars they talked about going to be in this footage we're going to watch? See, I don't, did, did he actually say Piper and Slaughter? He said Rodney Piper, Sergeant Slaughter, Harley Race. I see, I, I thought you got the quote wrong, Johnny. I didn't hear that these guys were coming. I heard Piper and Slaughter were in the rankings. 
Yes, yeah, that's uh, right. He was so- okay. I could I, I, look. Yes, I could easily yeah. misheard this. Now that Pete said that, the the context was that uh, okay. Carrie was the number one ranked contender to the NWA title, and then Saldi uh, rattled off the rest of the title. Oh, okay. Five. So that's even more. That's so that's even more magazine knowledge. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Got it. I, I was because I was like, I want to see this card. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure those guys. I mean, we'll probably see uh, Harley again, but uh, yeah. but uh, not Piper. Yeah, I know it'd be great to see Piper. Eighty-two, you know, you kind of think, well, it's possible, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah, possible because there was a lot of um, talent trading and all that back then. But I, I doubt it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, I do. I do now too that you thought that I was wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, good night, folks. Good night. <laughs> Join us on another thrilling episode of Worldcast, because Worldcast Wednesdays is where it's at, Daddy O. You guys finished it up for me? I thought you guys were still <laughs> wrapping it up. Yeah, we did. It's over. He just, stole your, he just, he just, he just threw in a catchphrase, brother. <laughs> All right, have a great week, guys. Yeah, Later, get some sleep, Pete. Good night. Yeah. Well, I'm Good not night. in bed. I mean, I'm off tomorrow, so I'm just dozing right <laughs> now. My heartaches and troubles are just up and gone. The moment that you come in view. With your hand in mine, dear I could dance on and on And I could waltz across Texas with you Waltz across Texas with you in my arms Waltz across Texas with you a storybook ending I'm lost in your charms And I could waltz across Texas with you